0: Love.
1: Good morning. I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, and I welcome you to, to today's special show. Today we're going to be featuring composer Fred Onovosuke and soprano Melissa Hudson discussing the special recording, Libera. But before we go into that show, I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in to the last episode in which we uh, had the opportunity to speak to world-renowned mezzo-soprano Denise Graves. It was such a high honor to interview her, and I want to thank you all for supporting that interview. Today, this special show again highlights the daily recording of Libera, featuring soprano Marlissa Hudson with the works of composer Fred on Good morning to both of you.
2: Good morning, good morning Patrick how are you
1: I'm doing well it's such a high honor to have both of you on today to talk about this very special project I would like to start with the composer of the hour and I hope I didn't murder your name
3: Patrick, you did wonderfully well
1: <laughs> thank you so much uh, mr. Oluwosuke I just want to talk about your your compositions I would had the opportunity uh, to listen to the CD after Marlissa uh, so graciously sent me a copy in the mail, and I want to let you know that I'm almost ashamed that I have not known your works, um until now. I, I just was totally uh, moved by this, the spiritual nature of, of, these, of these compositions. Could you maybe tell um, our listeners about the compositions that are featured of yours that are on this disc? Uh, I have
3: uh, six. Songs on the CD, and that will be uh, track number three, uh, titled Dunia, and then track number four, titled Um, Esato. Dunia, by the way, which is track number three, um, translates as the mystic universe, and then track number or a sato, translates as the number eight. And then uh, track number six is my first song on the CD. It's titled Herero Folk Tales. And then track number nine is titled uh, Lua, which translates as Beater Then track number 11 is N'Gulu, and track number 12 is Nengkanzu, which is uh, a praise to Mother Earth.
1: Hmm. I do have an excerpt of Dunia that I would like to play for our listeners, Sunglass Soprano. Melissa Hudson, accompanied by pianist Peter Henderson, and I'd like to take a moment to let our listeners listen to that piece right now, as was mentioned, it's translated as Mystic Universe, and we're going to listen to that right now. So, Marlissa, that is a beautiful piece, and it's sung so well by you, but it's also probably, I would say, a departure from what you normally sing, the opera and the oratorio and the art songs. What was your uh, response or your reaction when you were approached to uh, pursue recording of of this nature?
2: Well, you know, I always liken being a lyric color or a soprano to skydiving, because you never know what's going to happen. (laughs) And the last thing you want to do is tense up and be afraid. So I was very excited at the opportunity. For one thing, I'd never sung in Arabic, and I definitely never sung an Arabic prayer. Um, There are a lot of accents and things that I'd never done before, but frankly, I felt like it could only enhance the classical music repertoire that I traditionally sing. So, yeah, needless to say, I was thrilled.
1: Oh, that's absolutely wonderful and um, so how did the first how did you and the composer uh, Mr. Onavasuke how did you all first meet?
2: Wow, that's a good one. um, Fredo <laughs> and I actually met at our child's our children's school. if you can believe it oh. um both of our, i know both of our <laughs> sons attended a French immersion school in St Louis, and somebody told me that there's a really great composer there. Um, we met at one of the open houses and decided to get together, and I guess you could say the rest is history.
1: <laughs> wow, that's absolutely wonderful. My goodness. I and know. Onosuke, you just never know. wonderful. You never know. The world is so small. Uh, Ms. I have I was so impressed to see that you were published by Oxford University Press. What was your first uh, piece or collaboration with that publishing company?
3: uh that's a, a choral collection titled Songs of Africa
0: mm. and
3: uh, that collection has 22 pieces um uh,
1: drawn from across Africa back in 2008 oh wow so that's relatively new and if someone wants to purchase it is that um collection still available
3: Oh, yes, it's, it's available in stores, and especially Barnes & Noble. Of course, you can order copies from Amazon and and, and the usual book outlets.
1: That is absolutely wonderful. Now, will you all consider, uh, maybe I understand that the recording, you all have this recording project. Are there any immediate plans in the future to perhaps stage a live performance uh, of these special songs or uh perhaps like a release CD event for this project.
2: Um definitely uh we are planning actually two events, one in St. Louis, um April 1st and one in DC which is tentatively scheduled for March the 30th.
1: Mm, that's absolutely wonderful. I have another excerpt from the the disc uh uh, Mr. Suke, could you give us maybe a, a little uh, history or background on the peace healing dance?
3: Oh, the healing dance uh, named Kansu is from the Central African uh, region and uh, decades back you know, I, I spent uh, uh, some amount of time with the forest people. Uh, the forest people are uh, what some of our musicology textbook call the pygmies, you know, they don't like to be called that, but uh, <laughs> they traditionally known as the forest people. And uh, among these people, it's uh, very uh, common to wake up with dance. trachnidine cancer is very, very popular actually and essentially celebrate Mother Earth for being source of the herbs, herbs that feed, heal our bodies, our minds and make us whole. So it is, it is a celebratory kind of dance.
1: Mmm, that's wonderful. At this time, we're going to play an excerpt from Healing Dance, and listeners, uh, this might be an opportunity for you to really take in this very uh, special recording, and perhaps uh, put in your mind now to to purchase the recording, and then we will provide that information uh, later in the interview. But for right now, let's listen to Healing Dance. <laughs> <laughs> that requires a lot of vocal stamina and especially the virtuosity of the piano your piano is fabulous oh my gosh. Yes,
2: peter, uh, peter was a dream, <laughs> <laughs> dream.
3: The, 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 the peter 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 is, is, is one of the best he's uh he's he's just a simply amazing uh pianist
2: we oh refer to him as a computer with yeah he's like a computer with a heart demand does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean that piano part and match with the voice I mean that is certainly a tour de force. I I mean that's certainly a, a piece that I would like to hear more sopranos incorporate um, you know on a recital as a as a curtain rise or something that is just is so is so brash and, and energetic and something that would really get the people um, into the performance. That is absolutely wonderful. So the performance in, in St. Louis, let's go back to that performance in St. Louis. What, what is the actual uh, location? And that performance in
3: St. Louis is going to be at the Pilgrim Congregational Church, uh, the UCC Church on uh, 826 Union Boulevard. You know, so um, that's uh, Melissa, what date did we set for that? I believe it's April, April, 1st. April 1st Yeah, so
0: mm-hmm, uh, April
3: 1st at Pilgrim Congregational Church And um, I think it's 7 o'clock that we set the time You know, but
0: now man, that information,
1: we'll, 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 Yes <laughs> <laughs> So
0: i no.
3: But I promise We'll actually show up <laughs> it would it would be it will be well advertised and uh, hopefully uh, it'll be posted on Melissa's website, on our website Definitely. and of course uh, mm-hmm. uh the local press uh, is planning to, to to latch on board. So, you know, folks would know it. It's, it's not April
1: Fool's. It's going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, either one of you can um, perhaps answer this. I one, one thing I really enjoyed about this disc was the... Um, the definite variety on the disc, even though it's definitely featuring the works of of um, Mr. of Vokounský, but I, I was really smitten to see the composition of Mark Hayes, uh, his arrangement of spirituals. I I knew Mark Hayes, uh, his work that is more on the the level of a, from a choral standpoint because I had the opportunity to sing at a church choir. We did one, one of his favorite anthems called And the Father Will Dance. So I knew him yes. but I had. Yeah, that's a beautiful piece. But I had no idea that he arranged spirituals, and these arrangements are, are absolutely wonderful. Does he know about his inclusion on this particular compact disc? Oh, yes, he does, actually. Ooh. We're
2: Facebook friends now. Oh,
1: wow. Because, I mean, these arrangements are so, they're so warm, and it's just so amazing that how this is a prime example of how, to me music transcends race, it just transcends whatever. If you have it in your heart and you can really, you know, put that music and those words and the feelings of a people on paper, then you know, that's it's such a, a wonderful experience. So I was definitely I wish we had time to play and arrange it, but I was really moved by track one. I love that setting of There's a Balm in Gilead. It's very
2: nice. Oh yes.
1: Yes, yes. indeed and actually,
2: um- Also, people get a chance. Number seven, Give Me Jesus. I I always tell the story that I kept forgetting to come in because I was so busy listening to Peter's amazing sensitivity when he plays just like the first 8 to 12 bars. (laughs) Got to check that out.
1: Mm. So, Marlissa, if someone wanted to uh, purchase this recording, where can they go?
2: We have several outlets. There's iTunes um, for the downloaders, um, CD Baby, Amazon.com. Fred's website. Um, I think I covered them all. Oh, and um, there's another independent station. Um, Fred, do you remember the name of it? It's like DigStation.com.
3: Yeah, DigStation has it. I mean, it's also you know in record stores now. You know, uh, through mm. various distributors carrying them, so it's widely available right
1: now. That is wonderful, Mr. Arbusuke, um, Could you tell me a little bit more about the nonprofit organization African, African Music Publishers? I had a chance to to skim over some of the but I was very impressed with the fact that it includes not only vocal music but also music of chamber groups and orchestra. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about that group and the mission? Uh, African
3: Musical Arts Organization is is based in St. Louis, and uh, essentially the mission. Of the organization is uh, to enrich America's overall uh, uh, music, you know, by inclusion and uh, uh, highlighting of African descent uh, composers. Uh, So, uh, which is pretty broad, you know, uh, particularly from Africa, but also from the Caribbean and uh, certainly. Um, from across North America and the United States and and Canada as well. But the focus of of the organization is really to to, to give greater visibility to African descent composers, uh, both of uh, folk music, traditional music, and uh, certainly uh, classical
1: music as well. I truly hope that in some small fashion that this interview today will certainly illuminate uh, your contributions as indeed a a composer of African descent because I'm thoroughly impressed um, by these pieces. And I just want to further say again, I'm almost ashamed to say that I was not familiar until um, Marlissa sent me the CD. So I I definitely want you to know that I'm, I'm truly honored that you have taken this time to speak with me today.
3: No, Patrick, I think the honor is ours. I really thank you and I'm sure Melissa feels the same. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of if anything at all. Uh we should be ashamed for not having uh addicted, the, the 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 necessary budget to really um uh, make our project widely known to the American public and audiences. Uh, So, uh, it's a work, I like to say, uh, the African Musical Arts Organization, it's a work in progress, and uh, in due time, more people will get to know what we're doing here from St. Louis.
2: And Patrick, you, of course, are a huge part of it. when I told Fred that I'd gotten a chance to meet with you again, and I was like, uh, Patrick knows everyone, literally. <laughs> so um, between Facebook, Twitter, and your radio show, I was like, he is definitely the one who we need to speak with. So we are so grateful that you took out the time to have us on. Oh, my uh, and your, your, so your, your, your
3: interview with Denise Grace, that was just fantastic. And once I yeah. got it, I, I think I sent it on to Marlisa, and so... We have also been blessed to follow your work, and you do a fantastic, fantastic job, really.
1: Thank you so much. And I have no problem to say that I give God all the glory for these opportunities. And it was certainly an honor to speak uh, with Denise Graves. Um, And then I I think I mentioned I had the opportunity just uh, Tuesday night to attend her recital, at the Kennedy Center which was in, in tribute to Grace Bummer and it was a, a high honor to, to be in that space, you know, for such a time to commemorate another great singer who in many ways um Pay the, the way for her so it was, it was definitely um, a wonderful experience and thank you again for that compliment I want to talk uh, specifically about the pieces now Marissa sings the pieces on the disc and she is a soprano uh, is it acceptable for other uh, voice parts to sing these pieces or are they specifically written for the soprano voice Uh,
3: It's uh, definitely, I mean, the the range uh, is pretty much amenable to any kind of singer, you know, uh, soprano, mezzo, and uh, certainly uh, baritone, and tenor, you know. Yeah, any singer, any voice types really can approach uh, uh, the songs. I would
2: like to second that. actually. Yeah, a mezzo could definitely handle this, no problem.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah. So would you would you like to see these pieces, um, I guess, become – is it your goal for these pieces to become a part of uh, standard repertory for singers? Uh, do you by any chance have these uh, pieces in print? So if, say, uh, a voice teacher is listening, then he perhaps want their student to maybe learn some of these pieces for a recital, are they ready, ex- readily accessible in that manner as well in print? Yes, they all
3: are very accessible
1: in print, yes. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. Well, it, I have I definitely enjoyed sharing this time, and again, I hope that everyone has the opportunity um, to definitely purchase this CD. A one. Oh, but please go, no, this is a, a high honor because, Marlissa, this is certainly a debut recording for you.
2: It is indeed. I really couldn't think of a better person with whom to make my debut. This is really exciting. Um, And and I'm praying it will not be the last We just had such a good time And Patrick, I know you as a performer Also know that um, Your experience can vary Depending on the people with whom you're working And um, Mm. with Fred and Peter It really didn't feel like work
1: well, I tell you that that's certainly wonderful and definitely a hearty congratulations because I'm I'm sure it is and I know that it, it is a, a high honor to have your first uh debut recording and it is such an exciting I just want to let the listeners know that aside from the works uh of uh Mr. Fred Oliver Suke on the disc, there are also um works by Mendelssohn, uh uh Puccini and um Margaret Bond, which Margaret, I would like to go ahead and Margaret play an excerpt now. Uh, from the traditional Margaret Bond the Ranger of he's got the whole world um in his hands mm-hmm. Uh, bravo, bravo. How wonderful. Thank
2: you. Who is that lady oh. figure
1: right there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, round for round for one
1: good. and only. Just <laughs> to round only. out the interview, I want to ask both of you um, a, a question that might speak directly to some of our aspiring musicians, because as most people know about me, um, it's not just about me interviewing and speaking to people, I definitely am a proponent of mentoring and, and pulling somebody else along who, who perhaps aspires to be the next leotine price or, or be the next player as far as a composer. So I'd like to ask each of you, Started with, with Mr. Onurisuke, what advice would you give to someone who is aspiring to to be a composer?
3: Uh, To be, I mean, I also teach uh, uh, classes, you know, to online students around the world, and uh, a standard response I have for for questions like that. uh, uh, Aspiring to be uh, a composer, one needs to listen a lot, and uh, one needs to be open-minded, uh, and especially with the genre of classical music that I'm interested in, uh, there is just so much more in uh, folk material and new elements that's available from uh, across Africa, across the Caribbean, and even down the Delta in the Mississippi Delta here in the South. There is just so much more material, so I always advise that uh, students of composition, you know, should travel to these places, you know, on the Mississippi Delta, you know, the Caribbean, Africa, certainly across Africa. There is tremendous opportunity, amount of opportunity to do research. So as to become influence on a regular basis by new ideas because that's what the world the future world of composition is going to be about new ideas and how to incorporate
1: them cleverly in new creations Mm-hmm. your Your conversation there reminds me of when I was at Shenandoah Conservatory in Winchester Virginia, as a graduate student, I had a world music class, and one of the visiting professors was Dr. Patrick massa and he um he was a very wonderful uh proponent of that same very thing, so that's very uh reminiscent now Marlissa, the same question as as a singer, what kind of advice would you give to the young aspiring a singer who decides to have a, a viable career as a concert artist in classical music?
2: Well, I'd say first and foremost is to never stop learning. Um, I always say you're either going forward or backward. You're never standing still. So I feel like as long as I intend to have a career as a classical singer, I have to keep pushing ahead. Um, the There are so many things. I can fill a volume with what you don't learn in grad school. Um, but I think finding a mentor is critical because you have to have somebody to validate you. And the same way I've had so many blessings with people who've helped me along the way, I'm actually actively looking for the opportunity to do that for other young people who are up and coming. So I'd encourage people to go to my website, um, or you can just email me, marlissahudson at gmail.com. I'm very open and eager, actually, to share what I've learned, because I didn't necessarily go through the normal channels. Um, Being talented is really only about a third of it. Um I right. say the rest yeah, the rest of it's really networking. Um mm. and believe it or not, having some business sense. Because if you don't mm. have that, you're going to end up really lost.
1: You really hit the nail on the head. I just had that conversation um, with a couple of people, because I know a lot of people, and you, oh, my goodness, when you said the thing about businesses, because I know a lot of young musicians where they have beautiful voices or, or they know how to play the piano, the violin, et cetera, they master the instrument, but they don't have that business acumen that's going to carry you through and make you professional, because you have to know how to write a resume. You have to know how to balance your checkbook. You have to know about contracts. Those are essential things that, unfortunately, a lot of colleges don't teach unless you're in an arts management uh, eMERGE program. So I'm really glad uh, that you said that, and I hope that if there are any young listeners or any aspiring artists out there that that they will certainly take that point uh, to heart. Now, you did mention your website. What is the exact address of your website? So if people want to go on there, Marlissa, they can definitely access you.
2: Sure. Thank you, Patrick. It is marlissahudson.com. Um, everything I have, if you Google me, everything's is Hudson. My email is marlissahudson <laughs> at gmail. My website is marlissahudson.com. Trying to make it as easy as possible. Um, I actually pride myself on being accessible and tech savvy for that matter. So email is definitely the best way to reach me.
1: So, Mr. Oliver Suckey, we want to reach you, can we reach you at the www.africaarts.org website?
3: Yes, you can reach me that way, but uh, I think the easiest is just to reach me directly f- uh, through my website. That's uh, info at com.
1: Okay, and I had that. So, is, is Fred O your nickname? Because when I tried to say <laughs> your last name, that
3: was <laughs> <laughs> that that has become an adopted nickname by default so you know um, it's been that way for 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 decades <laughs>
1: As a matter of fact, I was talking uh, earlier to my before we began the broadcast. I said, "My I said, what is his name?" I said, "Is it Ono Suke?" I said, "I don't want to say his name and mess it up." So I'm glad that I I, I managed to somewhat say it, say it somewhat correctly. I'm I'm just I'm just honored to even have this this opportunity. The very last question I would like to ask, um, and I guess I could pose this to to Mr. Fred O. Now that we had that clearance. Maybe I, I what I wanted to ask was what inspired the the title Libera? I know that from my my church Latin when you sing the mass, I know that it's deliver me. But what inspired the title of this CD?
3: Yeah, Melissa and I and Peter, we have our own little inside secret about the name, but but <laughs> but, 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 but the public the public explanation to Libera is. Um, Uh, What the cover of the of of the CD reflects: Uh, walking on sand dunes, Hmm. uh, freedom to express oneself, you know. And again, that is what influenced the compilation of the song, the diversity of it. That future singers or the, the the world of classical music should be. Totally free to incorporate composers from all spheres of cultures and experience whether they are uh, European descent African descent Asian descent the world the future world of classical music you know uh, should incorporate all of these uh, racial uh, groups that make up our wonderful but uh, certainly, getting our world that is getting smaller. So the the, the crux is is just the the, 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 the to, to be free to express oneself, uh, whether it's Mozart, whether it's Bonds whether it's Grant, Grand Grand Steel, whether it's Leotin, uh, uh, Florence Price whether it's Fredo. Regardless, the world of classical music should be open and free.
2: Could I that add, is absolutely
1: also, <laughs> sure, please.
2: Yes, just um, just that. I think not only is that freedom a wonderful thing to have, but I think it's going to be absolutely necessary as we move forward in classical music. Um, you know, we're hoping to be part of a larger solution to bringing um, a more varied and younger audience to classical music, um, mm. to demystifying it, um, to making it accessible, and most importantly, I think making people feel involved. Because that is one thing that people really struggle with in classical music. But this is supposed to bring the people in um, as opposed to to making them just sit and listen. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think this recording will certainly bring the people in. It's such a diverse, rich work, and and I'm looking forward to, and not just looking forward to, I'm praying for the success of this project. I think it's a much-needed project, and I certainly want to thank both of you a particular time uh, with your pianist, uh, Peter Henderson, to to put this collaboration together. And I certainly want to thank both of you for joining me um, and our listeners today for this very special broadcast. I want to uh, remind um, our listeners for our next uh, show, which will happen on next week, I I invite all of you to tune in on Wednesday, February 9th at 3 o'clock p.m. as I have the opportunity to interview uh, Renee Carlson, who is the world-renowned composer and conductor of the Concordia Choir of Moorhead, Minnesota. That choir will be on tour, and they'll be making a stop here in Washington, D.C. And for those of you who may be unfamiliar with Renee Carlson, he's a choral music icon, and many of us have sung his pieces like "Set Me as a Seal" and "All You That Have Life and Breath." So it's certainly an honor. Uh, to have more, so make sure you put that on your calendar again, I want to thank Marlissa Hudson, Soprano and Fred Oversuke Composer for sharing uh, with us today about this dynamic recording Libera and I hope that you, I hope that you and I encourage you to take time to uh, purchase the recording, whether it's on iTunes or go to the uh, individual website. That were uh, listed. Uh, If you want to be in touch with me directly, you can always friend me on Facebook by my name, Patrick D. McCoy. And I also have a page on Facebook, which is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music. Thank you both so much for being here today. I have just really had a great time sharing this moment with you all.
2: Thank Thank you, Patrick. It's always a party with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Again, as we close, I
1: want to end end uh, and send us on our way with music, with the uh, healing dance. That was just such an energetic piece, and I just feel like dancing myself. So I'm going to put that piece back on as we end today's uh, episode. Again, I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and I'm wishing you all a very great day. <laughs>